Edge of Gladiators. It's Marlena Gross-Taylor here for our live after chat with Josh Felace. Oh my gosh, what an amazing chat so far. Uh, apologies for Twitter. I think we're going too fast for Twitter. So apologies if some of the questions weren't loading as fast or are popping out. I promise they were there. Uh, anytime though, please join our, please follow our Edge of, Gladi Edge of Gladiators um, our handle on Twitter because uh, the questions come from our handle and so always follow that for sure just in case Twitter's having a 40s moment uh, shall we say but anyway excited to have our live after chat with Josh uh, Josh say hello to everyone and tell tell everyone a little bit about yourself hello um, I'm Dr. Josh Felice I'm the interim chief academic officer for the Trent Public Schools um, I have uh, taught for four years 14 years as a principal, um, and uh, again, one year at central office position. Um, and I'm just a, 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 just a lover of, of students and education. I've also consulted with uh, NJPSA, that's New Jersey Principal Supervisor Association, um, and Foundation for Education for New Jersey for the last six years, as well as the EIRC, for some reason I can't remember the name of that, uh, the consultant company, um, but just a lover of learning. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm so glad to have you here uh, leading the chat this morning. It was great. It's still going on right now. I think someone said we were trending. Um, but I'm glad to have you here and to go a little bit deeper because this topic of peer observation walkthroughs, uh, it's, it's pretty lengthy and it could be, um, you know, pretty challenging to cover or to say exactly what you mean to say if you're answering the questions in just 140 characters. So, this is definitely a chat that we wanted to have as, as an after chat to hear directly from you. One thing I'd like to start off with uh, is, uh, first guys, if you're watching live right now and you have a question for Josh, please put it in the live chat feature. Uh, I have all kind of technology around me right now so I can see the live chat, so please put it there so we can ask Josh the questions that you might have um, and also read your comments, so please do that. But first, Josh, one thing that really surprised me from uh, question one was people getting it confused with peer observations and walkthroughs with formal observations. So I'd love to just hear your take on what's the difference uh, between the two and how can we move our educators from automatically thinking observation judgmental when they hear walkthrough or when they hear peer observation. What it really depends on the distinction within, I guess, the state or the city um, that, that actually titles observations, walkthroughs, because uh, like in New Jersey, um, and, and when we first started the um, Achieve NJ, you could, uh, you could have peer observations that is actual peer supporting administrators evaluating teachers. But then there's a distinction between the observations, there's also informal observation, and then the formal observation, which the walkthroughs are the quick five to 10 minute um, or five to seven minute walkthroughs where you just visit the classroom and you can step out. And in some cases, that's part of the formal evaluation. And I think that's why it's so hard to determine. So it, there needs to be some sort of distinction at the state level for each uh, state. And then down to the, uh, the municipalities, counties, and ultimately the classrooms and the schools. Awesome. So how do we um, how do we continue to encourage that change to happen uh, to get that going where it's not all about an observation for the state but like really really observing our peers because teachers learn best from teachers I'm a firm believer of that 
and really uh, having that time, making that a priority where teachers are allowed to go into their peers' classrooms to see and to learn and to grow. We start number one through um, that being listed as something like a priority for, um, again, schools, um, regions, districts, and that just needs to be enveloped as part of the culture too, because um, we look, we're so quick to just want support, training, um, the building capacity from like outsourcing it, yet all of the strength and the expertise we have in-house. In every single school, there's a, a separate a, a person who has some expertise in a specific area. And uh, as a whole, we're probably not doing as well to highlight those individuals. And I think that's one of the greatest ways to find out what are those key areas of strengths um, of those individuals. And then the leader looking to sign those. And that's something that I did as a, as a, a building principal. And um, in, you know, almost stepping in immediately, just highlighting, uh, finding out what are the strengths of the individuals and then helping build their capacity so that they can be able to transfer uh, that knowledge and experience with uh, their, their fellow teachers and just continue looking to, to uh, work with those teachers, again, building their capacity. Because again, once they feel that's their strength and they are so excited about it, they look to just grow it further, further, because you're highlighting your, 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 um, empowering the person and they just get stronger and stronger. They want to do more research. They want to, you know, feel more empowered. And that's how, that's one of the things that I did to help build uh, my staff as a principal. So, okay. So one of the, one of the feedback uh, or some of the feedback from, I think question one was what are some of the challenges of really effectively putting this practice into place was lack of time. And then also um, if you're, and I'm gonna add this, if you're in a uh, high school, say your planning period might be second period and the only folks that are off are maybe, um, you know, junior language arts teachers and say you teach freshman language art teachers. Uh, how do you address those challenges like that? Well, that else somebody's be considered part of the, the school leadership, like council, whatever the, that type of overall school committee, so they can put the values of the school first if they value um, that cross-curricular um, time. So that's where they're gonna put, you'll see a language arts teacher meet with a science teacher, language, um, uh, social studies or history, whatever you may be, they can find that time so they can meet um, just horizontally. Cause that's also important to also, but then if they would like to step up and amp and they can start doing more of the vertical um, articulation in their PLCs, but again, that time has to be as part of a priority and a focus, and then they must make it, whether it be increasing the number of periods, instructional periods for the day, or decreasing it to make that happen. But again, it has to be the value of the whole school community uh, about that being the important and the priority. Um, so if you have a uh, person or people who are unable, like you said, uh, vertically, just the um, the concepts or, 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 or that are taught at, or, or strategies that are taught at all 8th, 11th grade or all ninth grade, those are still so important because um, for the most part, you pretty much see the same type of students and wondering why does a child perform or behave in this class one way versus another class. So if you have the, um, the, the same sort of time that you're meeting, you can actually discuss it with those grade level, the appropriate grade level teachers. And to me, that's also valuable before you move uh, vertically. So I love the fact how you made the connection that not only can teachers learn from each other instructional best practices, but also maybe get some insight into student behavior as well. That's correct. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So some schools do the model of they'll identify maybe one or two instructional coaches. Like that's become a, definitely a position in, in school systems now where they might spend half their day teaching classes and the other half of their day um, rooms and, and helping teachers, supporting teachers in that way. What's the difference between that model of instructional coaching when you have one or two per building maybe compared to everyone having that opportunity to see what's happening in, in the other classrooms? One is there's a, a financial attachment that uh, when you look to cut, it's not going to be there. And that's with the instructional coaches. Uh, but even more so, uh, is it the best way of utilizing those resources? Because those two people or three people or sometimes even just one person in a building with you know, 60, 70, or even 100 uh, uh, staff members, they're stretched and they're unable to support um, the, the teachers. So it's more of a way where the teachers are sitting back waiting for the person to come to them or they're constantly hassling the instructional coach. Whereas the, um, teach, the peer classroom walkthroughs, the teacher's now taking initiative um, for their own learning and their own desire. Because I mean, it could happen even just during a, a prep period. And it's like, you know, instead of, uh, that's, that's also a form of prepar uh, preparation because they're taking advantage of it and they're looking to grow professionally. And, and it could be just walking to a classroom for the first five minutes uh, of seeing how maybe a teacher greets students um, or catching the very end of it because maybe they have some concerns with um, the exiting strategies, uh, summary, conclusion, um, exit tickets, um, you know, some maybe more some, some clickers just to get them get some students excited. And the teacher can actually just go into a classroom at that time. And again, that's, what I, that's why it's considered walking. I'm just walking through, seeing what it is about, um, what I came to do, and then walking out. Um, so these are, are quick ways to be able to address that. But also, if we talked about the financial um, mm -hmm. aspect. With it being so quick, that costs the district not even a dime. And it doesn't cost the person any time because that's, that's part of prep period. Or let's say they're... Um, their lunchtime and they want to work with students and then maybe, you know, just um, I choose not to eat. They can use that time to grow. So again, at, at, it's, it's at no cost of the district and no cost of the person. I love that. So it's embedded PD all day long with uh, the experts that are in, in the building. That is correct. Another thing you mentioned just now that really, uh, really made me think was that, you know, one of the challenges in that question one that people mentioned where it was lack of time, that it takes more than a couple of minutes to go through. Um, and I don't know if that was maybe confusion over what we were talking about, instructional rounds, true peer observations and not, not state evaluation walkthroughs. I think that's important. Like if you need, if a teacher's looking for, like you said, an exit strategy, how do, how do teachers close lessons are, they're struggling with bringing the kids in first thing and, and getting them started. You know, I think it's totally okay to, to pinpoint exactly what you need and then to go to those classrooms to see that snippet, if that's what you're looking for. Ability to stay longer if that's what you need as well. That is correct. So one of the things that we can talk about, the, the, the challenge, is culture. Um, when I first walked into my, where I was at from my pre previous principalship, um, some contracts, they may try to, um, to fight it, depending on if you're in a state where there's uh, unions. So the, the thing, it must be non-evaluative. That's ultimately it. They need to see it as a job embedded professional development, not a non, something that you look into evaluate a peer to um, try to sneakily go tell, you know, school leader that, you know, so-and-so is not doing uh, this, that. It must be a culture that accepts it 
And that's the point where you can actually go no holds barred. There's no, no nothing holding back on the peers from growing from each other. So if it's, um, meaning uh, what we did in my previous school, we, um, we the teachers and the, the school community, the school leadership council, uh, when I first brought it in, it was more kind of evaluative, uh, just a tool, uh, even though it was a walkthrough tool, but it had to be refined. And once it was refined, it was accepted, even though I did try to go before union. And when they realized that it was not evaluative, there was never any concern. And then at that point, because the staff had um, revised it and made it their own, then it was bought in. And it, it, we eventually ended up with, with three different forms, one on rigor, uh, one on um, instruction, um, forgot what the third one was, but uh, um, but th these are things that once the staff devises it and they realize that this is not going to be something like an I got you, it's again, you can go for it, no problem. You know, and I also think that when if you're the teacher that's being observed by your peers and you know ahead of time because it's part of your culture, you know exactly what what someone is coming in to look at. Man, I just think about how empowering it is for that teacher to uh to model, to be a teacher leader and model, you know, a best practice that they have, a way to recognize like, hey, I do, I do the entry really well, or I, I close the lesson really well, or I do this type of activity really well, this strategy really well. How empowering that must be for that teacher. Well, the last four years at, at my school, um, they were actually impromptu walkthroughs because it became part of um, a PLC, not a requirement, but part of our practice. So you never knew when them was walking. So you had to, your game had to be up all the time. Um, the, the first, it would be five to seven minutes that each uh, person would go to any room and they could see anyone and they come back and they discuss what they saw as far as the best practice they would like to use, uh, utilize in their classrooms. Um, the next notch would be providing their peers with the feedback, whether it be, look, I saw this and I, I know um, I, I struggle with it and then can you be able on your prep or whatever, come to my classroom and observe me and let me see uh, what you do. And don't tell me when you're coming in, just come in and then offer me some sort of feedback. Um, but it, when the teams actually met in their PLCs, again, as a group, they would never identify what teacher they saw, what um, sometimes even say that the content or the grade level was just like, this is what I saw, these certain things that um, maybe I don't do or I do do, or I could do differently. And then there was a lot of conversations. Again, the, the goal of this, the peer classroom walkthroughs is to change the professional conversations. Absolutely, absolutely. One of, uh, someone mentioned in the chat, I'm trying to remember who it was, that uh, one, a good way to, a good thing by going in other teachers' classrooms is seeing some of those, um, I guess our version of soft skills as it relates to a classroom environment, like what's hanging on the wall? Um, how are desks arranged? Is it flexible seating? And uh, it sparked a memory for me that when I was a principal, I would always have my own new teacher, um, new teacher PLC, and it would be after school. And one of the things that probably had the greatest feedback, the teachers really enjoyed the new teachers, and these were new to the profession, uh, what they enjoyed was we would do a scavenger hunt and I would have it purposely in different classrooms. Uh, so the teachers in different grade levels of those teachers, so they could actually go in the classrooms after school, the classrooms are empty and get those ideas about like what's hanging on the walls or how did they have their board set up for homework or for assignments or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Um, what's their seating look like? And 
as a new teacher, uh, it's very helpful to see because it's hard to be what you can't see. So to, to see all those different classrooms through a scavenger hut fun way, it wasn't about the classroom environment per se, but that was my part of my goals. So they could see that and, t and have some takeaways from that. I thought that was very interesting that someone commented about that today. Yes, and that was one thing that I did also, uh, with not as a, um, like a walkthrough, but I did it with teachers, like when I had people that had exemplar classrooms that were just this, as far as posting of stuff, because we were, uh, I required the teachers to post um, stuff outside the classroom in the bulletin boards, in not only in the classroom, but outside the classroom. So if I saw model exemplars and people had some concerns, I'd walk with them with the teacher's classroom, either, you know, maybe their lunchtime or after school or before school and see those things and say, you know what, um, what could your room look like uh, be different? Because I mean, everyone can put their own special spin on it, but you get a feel for it because maybe that's something that you cannot articulate. And I think by seeing something creative, um, that's just gives, inspires you as far as like, maybe this is more towards my personality and my niche. So let me do this. And it's all those not exactly like this other person because that's what they do good or well. Yeah. Hey, um, guys, if you're watching right now, and you have a question for Josh, please put it in our live comment uh, feature here if you're watching live. And Josh, we actually have a, a question from Mike. Uh, okay. Mike Mesner, who's uh, great, I just love, love his insight on the chats, and he's a fairly new <laughs> edgy gladiator warrior. So uh, here is his question. Uh, and Mike is from California. He teaches US okay. history and civics to give you some okay. background. Mike okay. asks, how do you handle the self-criticism that comes with observing a peer? Like, why didn't I think of that? Or I've been doing this wrong the whole time. I suck, et cetera. Well, it's like even being a teacher when you first step in and you come in with the greatest intentions, but yet you could also be failing kids. So what better way to be um, working with someone that allows you to see a difference and you make the change rather than never making that change. Uh, before we had, uh, uh, we're speaking on the, uh, before we started this chat, Melania and I were talking about just the one district that came in and needed to see change immediately. And um, the superintendent or the team came and made an immediate change because if you don't, how much longer do you have to um, say as far as like, we're failing children? So, um, we're in the position of, or in the, the role of lifelong learning. That means forever growing because we are not perfect at everything. And that's why I said as far as the, the job embedded and dealing with the practitioners or expert practitioners in your own buildings, um, all you're doing is empowering them and empowering yourself um, right in house, no extra time, no extra type of resources. And um, what better way to do that consistently every single day with those, those people that are considered experts in those areas for your building. I love that, I love that answer. Um, and I know it kind of goes back to what you said earlier, Josh, about culture. Like if peer observations are instructional rounds are part of your culture and it's not judgmental, then it's about getting better for our kids, you know, and just reminding each other, encouraging each other in the building that it's not about us, it's about our kids. Hey, that's the call of Edge Gladiators doing what's best for them and everything we do, like let every decision be grounded in that. I think once we take that, take us out of it and put the kids back into it, um, you know, Mike, I think that might, that eases that. It changes the narrative of it being uh, 
of an observation or a walkthrough, I'm sorry, a walkthrough or an instructional round being uh, so judgmental you, as to you personally as a teacher, but really trying to, you know, continue to improve your practice. You know, iron sharpens iron. So uh, having that mentality that we're trying to get better, we're always in a continuous state of growth. Uh, I think that definitely helps as well. And um, as as my school at the time, we were the only ones in the entire district. I had a district with six different schools or seven schools. And it started the trend where you've got to start somewhere, Mike. And that's where we talked about that, cult, uh, we'll go back to the culture. Someone has to start it. And it could be just a teacher working on with a team. If that's if the leaders, that's not one of the leaders' um, positions moving forward. But that team may decide to meet on their own. And other teams may say, look, they meet at lunchtime, they meet during the preps, um, and then during that time, they actually go out and visit other classes because they got another team to start, uh, um, you know, with these peer classroom walkthroughs. And that's all you need to go is just to get that momentum. And then that, when you realize that is a practice, um, a best, best research-based practice, again, at no cost, no resources, and it's just the trust, and you're really looking to, to um, realistically and I guess with a, a pure heart, look to um, empower yourself and for children, people will never fight it that are for Absolutely. children. Absolutely. Now, recently, um, and I don't know if you had a chance to read it, Josh, I wrote a piece, a blog piece on books, butts, and buses. Yes. And transitioning from uh, managers to true instructional leaders. So when I think about the peer walkthroughs, the instructional rounds, I think that if you're wanting to set that as a culture and you're a leader, so I'm, I'm definitely speaking to my, my leaders here, my principals, my assistant principals, I think that you have to be transparent and be vulnerable in that process. And so one of the things in, in that blog post that I encourage leaders to do is um, co-teach with their teachers on a new strategy or a new practice and have, and have other teachers come in to watch and see how it works and give you both feedback, you know, make it feel like it is a team because it really is a team approach to doing that. And as a leader, not being afraid to demonstrate or model um, some best practices in the classroom. And that is something that I did also, uh, but it was more of like a competition and a teacher one. So I actually did get a chance to go and uh, actually a number of chances, whether I even uh, supported a teacher regarding maybe some sort of strategy before a corrective action plan, more of an like instructional improvement plan. I would actually go in and model to teachers on far certain strategies, and I would tell them all, "I'm going in social classroom. Um, you need to come visit me just so you can see and offer me feedback." So they would come in with their uh, walkthrough tools and offer feedback. Um, I would ask the students to uh, to rate me. Um, so I mean, I was I always got some very positive feedback, especially from the kids, and it was just great because. Um, Especially, you know, I taught four years and it was just like 14 years and as an administrator, you know, it was just kind of lose it. But I mean, that's, that's one thing I, I when I uh, taught college, I would still practice as far as like even just time management, wage strategies, um, do now, as far as getting uh, the, 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 the students involved. So I look to always hone on those type of skills. So when I'm speaking it to someone, I can be able to walk into your classroom. Uh, I may not know the content well. But if I can work with the content, I can be able to support you with those strategies and um, try to be a, was it a, a, a do as, not do as I say, not as I do, but a, I want to show you and work with you to support you um, to uh, implement the best uh, research-based practices. Awesome. And that's why you're a warrior. That's why you're an edgy gladiator, Josh, for that right there. And, and I just encourage you, again, if you're a leader and you're watching, 
I mean, really think back to the last time you actually either co-taught with one of your teachers and asked others to come in if they were off during that time and giving you feedback. Uh, how long has it been since you've done that? You know, um, and then also, Josh, I love how you ask the students for feedback. I mean, they will tell you exactly, <laughs> exactly what they think, you know, and how empowering for the students for the teachers to know that as a leader of the building that you're in the classroom and you want to continue to improve yourself and you're modeling what you what you're wanting your teachers to do as well. Yes. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Any questions? Let's see. We have a great conversation going on right here in our live chat. So if you see me looking to the side, I'm reading our live chat here. Uh, so great conversation going on there. Uh, Josh, if folks want to continue this conversation and uh, or read more, or get more resources about how to make peer observations or walkthroughs really work for their school, how can they get in contact with you? And, and do you have any information already available that people can connect with? Yes, uh, through Twitter uh, at my name, at J-O-S-U-E-F-A-L-A-I-S-E. -E, um, and we'll connect through the direct messages. Awesome. Or, or, or my e or my email, uh, J as in Josh, B as in boy, Felice, F A L A I S E at gmail.com. And we can post those. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely, I will. And if you uh, follow the Edu Gladiators handle for Twitter, you'll also uh, you'll also see that information and see his Twitter uh, information. And I know your website's also connected to your Twitter page as well, right, Josh? That's correct. And also my blog spot, because there was a, I did a post on teacher uh, classroom walkthroughs. Oh, awesome. So you definitely want to check that out. And we'll be sure to post that out under the Edgy Gladiators handle as well. Josh, this has been fantastic. Uh, I, I just thank you so much for giving us such thoughtful questions uh, today in the chat, for clarifying with the after chat and, and addressing any other questions that folks might have had. I just want to thank you again for for being an edgy gladiator today it was my pleasure and, awesome. and thank, thank you for inviting me to to uh moderate and even speak during this live chat today awesome and it won't be the last so those of you that are watching <laughs> live or if you're watching the recording of this after chat this will not be the last time that you hear from the good doctor okay we're gonna have him back for sure uh because i just love your energy and i love your topics and for those of you that are in the Jersey area, some people commented, I think, on our on our comments that they've had the pleasure, and even in Twitter today, they've had the pleasure of hearing you speak. He's a treat oh. to hear. So definitely go check the good doctor out, uh, Josh Felace. He's definitely one you want to hear from. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining in in our live after chat. Now, next.